this is my life and yeah. I can live it how I want to. Yeah. And if I'm happy with it, that's all that matters yeah. at the end of the day. Welcome to the Per My Last Email podcast. I am your host, Michaela. If you are new here, welcome. And if you are a seasoned vet, welcome to you too. Thanks for sticking it out with us and sharing with your friends. I feel like through social media and the DMs I'm getting and stuff, I feel like we've got a good amount of new listeners, which makes me super excited. If you are a vet and you've been along for the ride, don't forget to share us and tell your friends so that our followers grow. With that being said, before we get into today's episode with today's guest, which she just has the coolest story and so inspirational, I wanted to chat really quick about a Zoom call I was on actually this morning, but it really relates to the conversation I have with our guest, Jess. So this morning, as you all know, I run a real estate business and I work for the biggest brokerage in Chicago, the number one brokerage in Chicago, which is called At Properties. And every other Thursday, I'm in an accountability group. And today, which is Thursday, the vice president of culture and sort of like agent development for the company was on and kind of was chatting with us about a topic that, you know, she picked for the day. But she brought up something that I think is really worth mentioning and just, you know, a good reminder. But this managing broker had mentioned a video that was released by Mel Robbins. If you don't know who Mel Robbins is, she's an American attorney, television host, author, speaker. You can like go to her talks. She has a few books out that are really well known. One of them is The Five Second Rule or The High Five Habit. But basically what Mel talks about is about the difference between adulthood and childhood. So when we're children, we have parents who parent us. You know, they say, all right, enough with the TV, like go fold your laundry or get off the PlayStation, you know, go wash your hands for dinner or, hey, I know you want to go to bed, but you still need to brush your teeth, right? They parent us and remind us and sort of force us to do the things we don't want to do. Parents make children do things beyond the feelings of the children, right? So like, I don't want to is a normal sentence a child would say. And a parent says like, okay, I get it, but not an option. Still got to brush your teeth, even though you don't want to, right? Children act out of feeling and that's the only way they do anything. And the reality is, is that adults are the same way. You know, we sit on the couch and it's like, I should really get on the Peloton. And then after your long day, you're sitting there and you're like, I really don't want to, right? So we all still, even as adults, act out of this place of like, I don't want to or I do want to. But the thing about adulthood and specifically about our careers and our goals is that somebody's got to parent us, right? And so it's almost like this muscle we have to learn in ourselves of like how to split our brain between the child that is now grown up as an adult and the adult in our head telling us what we do in fact have to do, right? I understand you had a long day. I understand you want pasta and a glass of red wine, but you do in fact need to get on the Peloton for 20 minutes. We have this sort of like dual personality in our heads as adults to make sure that we accomplish the things we want to accomplish. Because The reality is we're tired and we have a million things going on and we just don't want to. So that all leads me down kind of this rabbit hole of topics Mel Robbins talks about her five second rule, for example, which is like you just kind of have to count down for yourself and you count from five to one. And by the time you get to one, you kind of like have no way out. And so you get up out of bed or you 
turn off the TV in that moment or you do whatever it is. It's sort of that same trick of parenting the child in ourselves the way we would parent an actual child. Because the reality is, is no one's going to write your business plan for you. No one's going to call the prospects you need to call in order to get leads. No one's going to accomplish the to-do list on Friday at 4 p.m. unless you force yourself to, right? Like we're humans and we just don't want to. So with that being said, that leads me kind of down the road of entrepreneurship and even beyond entrepreneurship, sort of working in a corporate setting, but having goals that you'd like to achieve. Anybody who sets a goal for themselves, I guess actually even beyond work-related goals, Maybe they're personal goals, right? Maybe they're, I want to buy a home in the next year, cough, cough, use me. Or I want to move to a new city. Or I want to go on a big trip, right? I want to go to Europe for two weeks. Something, right? We all make up these goals in our head of things that we want to do. And they take actionable steps in order to achieve. And those actionable steps are no different than turning off the PlayStation or brushing our teeth or folding our laundry when it comes out of the dryer. They're no different than those tasks that a parent is giving a child in order for chores and other things to get done. So just something to think about. I've never really thought about it that way, that like when I'm sitting on that couch and it's Friday and I'm tired and I just don't want to, or better yet, not a Friday, but like Tuesday, and I don't want to, that you've got that other side of your brain now that you're grown that says, wait, hold on a second. Somebody has to be the adult parent in this conversation and get you up off the couch. I thought it was an interesting way to think about it. It kind of got my gears rolling this morning. And it kind of ties into my guest for today. And you will hear all about her story and what she has accomplished. And so much of her journey has sort of been like, I've got a goal. It's not working. I don't like it. I have feelings. Now the adult in my head is going to get me to the next actionable step to accomplish the goal. And I think there's so much greatness in that. and. You know, even for people who haven't achieved their goals yet, I think when others are looking at you and they see that you are, in fact, doing those actionable steps, that's such a big deal. People always tell me, they're like, you have all these ideas, but you are very rare because you are the only one doing them. And I never really understood that, and I probably never will because that's just who I am. But I'm also somebody who arguably has parented herself from a very young age. For those of you who know bits and pieces of my story, I sort of started raising myself somewhere around the age of 14. I didn't really have parents beyond that point. So I really started to learn this skill early on because I was adamant that I was going to get out of my situation. I was going to make something of myself and live an adult life that was different than my childhood. And so because of that, I very quickly kind of created this adult character in my head that told the child character in my head, that we were going to get up off the couch and do it. But I guess, you know, everybody's circumstances are different and everybody's taught skills are different. And whether it's you're counting from five to one when you're laying in bed and you really don't want to get up and you've snoozed three times or you need to make a business plan or in my case, you've got to call all the prospects in order to get leads, in order to sell houses, in order to pay your bills. Either way, just a little reminder, be kind to the child version of you, but also don't let them off the hook. Otherwise, you'll never get anything done. And on that note, let's... Check in with my guest, Jess. I have a friend with me 
that I met earlier this year and was so excited to chat with and hear all about her journey because I don't actually know a ton about it. So Jess, thanks for uh, being here. Really excited to be here with you and share a little bit more about myself. Cool. For all of our listeners, I want you all to know we are in Chicago. I know that's generally the theme and it is like ice cold outside. So we are cuddled up I mean, blankets and hot chocolate are really necessary at this point, and maybe some Kahlua. I'm about the Kahlua. I'm not above it. Kahlua and hot chocolate. Uh, It is, however, 2 p.m., so like maybe not just yet, but we are trying to keep warm in this ice. It's cold. Tundra that we live in. But what you do is going to kind of remind us maybe of summertime. So I guess I'll introduce you. You are Jessica Levi, and you are the lead planner at Clover Events and Productions. You didn't even start even close to this. You came from like a whole different planet. Completely opposite. I don't even know sometimes how I got here. How you got here. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. You're not from Chicago. You are a newbie to my city. Somewhat newbie. (laughs) I mean, it's becoming home. It's been four years now, but yeah, yeah, so it's it's been a minute. Okay, it's been a minute. You had a whole college career here, basically, if it's been four years. Yeah. It's like freshman to senior year. Right. Like I can manage lower whackers, so I think I've made it. Okay, Uh, fair. Yeah. That's that's how I should test people from now on. Like, do you know how to get out of lower whacker? I'm so sorry, you are still in tourist zone. Oh, you know how to get to middle lower whacker. You have graduated yeah. to an upperclassman. <laughs> yes. You can be in lower, lower whacker without a GPS and not be scared. You are a resident, but originally from Kansas City. So okay. grew up there. All my friends and family are from there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then made my way to Chicago. Okay. So you grew up in Kansas. I know nothing about Kansas except for like Wizard of Oz. I get that a lot. I'm, yes, yeah, yes. I'm sure that's like the only thing anyone knows about Kansas. That tipping cows. Don't worry. I didn't ride a horse to school. It's pretty normal, but yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, did you have red slippers? No, but you know, it's but never maybe. too late. It's never too it's never late. never too late? Yeah. Okay, fair. All right. You grew up in Kansas. Like, Say we're talking to like 18-year-old you. You graduate <laughs> high school. Like, what do you think your life is going to be? Gosh, 18-year-old me, everyone's headed to college. Everyone is on kind of the same path, you know. Go to college for four years, fall in love, getting married probably by like 26, okay. probably earlier, okay. having kids by 28, and starting a life. It's really just kind of like the whole boom, boom, boom. Like checklist. Checklist. A full checklist of like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Got it. Yeah. Most people who know me well know that I hate fucking checklist. <laughs> I don't really like hate many things. And I think that there is a place for everyone and something that makes sense for everyone. And I always use my older sister as the caveat or like other side to my coin. Like the girl loved the goddamn checklist. Yeah. <laughs> but I hate the checklist with every bone in my body. So anytime somebody's like, I come from a place with a checklist, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. I thought I liked the checklist. Yeah, but me that's, too. that's all I knew. That's what I thought I was supposed to do. I like the checklist too yeah. until I was like, I really hate the checklist. Yeah. The checklist is a joke. Truly a joke. Okay, so you graduate high school in Kansas Mm -hmm. and you go off to college? Yes. I went to K-State my freshman year. Okay. That is very rural Kansas. That Mm. is, you're walking to class, you're smelling cow manure. And it's so delicious. So, so appetizing. And I realized, ooh, this is not my scene. A little too rural for me. I'm also multiracial. I'm black white Native American and not a lot of people looked like me there Mm. and I definitely heard that and I was like this is just not where I'm meant to be and Mm. I can't be around these kind of people so transferred after my freshman year to KU which was a little bit more liberal and all my friends went there and that's kind of where my journey started with career and things of that nature. 
So went to KU, Mm -hmm. went to school for psychology. Is that right? Social work. Social work. Close. Yes. Okay. Went to school for social work. What was the quote unquote 20 year old you dream with this degree? Yeah, I thought I was going to be this clinical social worker, eventually starting my own private practice Mm. with children's therapy, um, working with women. I worked a lot with women in domestic violence shelters at the time, women and children. And, you know, I was like, had this whole dream that I'm going to get my master's degree, which I did. And then I'd go on to get my, you know, like become a licensed clinical social worker and eventually open up my own practice. You know, I had this whole vision of like, it was right. Yeah. I saw my name in lights. Yeah. Like like it was clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do we get from this perfect drawn image in your brain of like Jessica Levi practitioner to scratch Kansas? Like something (gasps) happened in between here. Yeah. There were definitely some bumps (laughs) along the way. (laughs) Real world hit pretty hard. Did you try to work out of college or no? Not really. I think in college, they have you do these practicums, which are essentially internships. Okay. So you're working for free, like 18 hours a week at these places. So you're really immersed in it. And I just got a very eye-opening experience Mm. to the systems just really creating barriers for people, hearing these constantly heavy stories and feeling like There was just so not enough success stories, which was very Mm. hard. And it was just a little traumatizing to hear some of it. And, you know, I was taking things home with me and that eventually just became too much. I tried to practice a little bit after college, but I just kept facing rejection after rejection. And I think I had high standards of what I wanted for my job. And those opportunities just weren't there. there. You know, they promise you these things in grad school, like, hey, like get your master's degree. You're going to have all these doors open for Mm -hmm. you. No door was even cracked. Do you think that it was a location issue? Do you think it was a system issue? Do you feel like it was all of the above collectively together? I think it's a big kind of system issue. I think there's a lot of need out there. But, you know, the system just kind of holds you back or it just you're not getting the funding that you need to be successful in some of these programs. So you're not really seeing a lot of positive turnaround. And that was really disheartening to learn. All of these programs were just had a lot of faults to them. And then it's a very women dominated industry. And I would, you know, go and interview for some of these jobs. And then there'd be a male counterpart. And he would usually get priority over me because they're like, oh, a guy like we need this in our company to like look diverse and to just have a guy on staff right. and so I would be more qualified but I wouldn't get the job and that sucks. isn't that so funny like it's kind of backwards it is yeah. backwards and yet sometimes it doesn't always work in the reverse yeah right like if there's a male dominated industry they're not taking every girl that shows up simply to fill yeah. you know the quota yeah they're like girl and guy you're up against each other whoever's best will take them right but then the reverse of that is if it's very female heavy Then they're just filling with any man that shows up versus it being that same, okay, a woman shows up and a man shows up, whoever's best qualified will take. They are making a decision to diversify on purpose Mm -hmm. in a female dominated industry, but then they're not Mm -hmm. making that same decision, as we all know, on the reverse end of it. Exactly. An interesting little tidbit that it's never occurred to me. Right. Okay. So you're getting passed up. You're disheartened. The system is sort of broken and turning you off in itself. You wrote a little bit about this, and I want to poke at this bear a little bit, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Poke away. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. You had mentioned that 
you know, you were seeing a lot of things that were quite traumatizing and you felt like sometimes they were opening things for you that you didn't necessarily want to be reopened or sort of rehashed for yourself again. Do you feel like you still run into things in a completely different industry now that do that? Or do you think that that industry specific was so close to some of your own traumas that like it was a little too close to home? I mean, I think anything can be re-triggering, right. no matter where you are, no matter what your environment is. Or That's industry. essentially what yeah. I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. But I think social work, especially, and the field I was working in, some of the stories were just like, ooh, this is either really close to home or, you know, started also even creating these fake scenarios in my head, like saying mm-hmm. like, oh, is my partner like running this cycle of violence or, you know, things of that nature when it wasn't happening or maybe it I wasn't see. a certain sense. And I just realized I can't do this for the next 30 years of my life. I can't live with all the secondhand trauma or, you know, re-experiencing my own traumas. And how can I truly help someone else if I'm not fully dealing with my things at the same time? Yeah. And that's not fair to do. Can you describe this? Because it's never, I've never heard that term, but it's so telling. Can you explain to me what secondhand trauma is? Yeah. So secondhand trauma is kind of like what I was just saying. So you're hearing all these very heavy stories from oppressed populations, um, certain individuals, and you're taking that home with you. And again, I was looking at my own relationships and saying, am I going through this too? Or, you know, how can I have these normal conversations with like friends when I know in the back of my mind, this person is running away from an abuser who is keeping her down, you know, being the crap out of her. I've had clients that were set on fire and I can't go to dinner with you and just right. have a normal conversation because I'm thinking about these horrific stories and here we are just having like, sushi. Yeah, you know? like it's and not, it's, you. it sounds to me as though it was like becoming impossible to leave work at work. Yeah. And suddenly like trauma was following you around everywhere you went. Yeah, I'm looking over my shoulder when yeah. I don't need to. I live in a good neighborhood. And, you know, it started creating like PTSD that wasn't even maybe necessarily there. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And so you very quickly decided this is yeah. not for you. <laughs> I was like, this ain't it. I was like, ooh, I cannot be the grim reaper yeah. in everyone's lives and in my own life. Like, I'm a joyful person. It I was, need to yeah. keep the joy. Makes sense. It literally was making you into the grim yeah. reaper. 100%. Okay. Understood. Yeah. All right. So a little bit lighter, but not so much. <laughs> So we decide we're not going to be the Grim Reaper. Turns out we weren't cut out for it. Not for us. Yeah. There are other people in this world that thankfully do do that and have a place in that bubble for us. So you now have a bachelor's and a master's Mm -hmm. in social work. Yeah. And you decide you're not going to be a social worker. (laughs) Remind you of anybody with an architecture degree who doesn't want to be an architect? Oop. Oop. Got him. Continue. (laughs) Yeah. So... You know, I quickly realized that kind of shortly after grad school and just felt like a huge failure, right? I'm kind of a big overachiever and I was the first in my family to even go to college, let alone go to grad school and everyone's cheering me on, has come to all of my graduations, you know, so proud of me. You're on such a pedestal. I'm on such a pedestal and I have to tell my family, I don't want to do this and I don't know what I want to do. Jokes on you guys. Right. I'm like, just kidding. We're not even doing any of this. But thanks for like all the years of support and we're going to move on. Yeah. And I just felt really lost. And here I am with all of my friends in their careers, starting to excel, you know, get promotions. And I'm just sitting here like, what the hell am I even doing? What do I want to do? And I didn't want to settle. Not to bash people from home, but I feel like a lot of people settle. And that's just not what I wanted. I didn't want to be bored in some job like nine to five just to get a paycheck and to like, again, go with the checklist, like buy a home, like 
get married, have kids. So I wanted to do things that I was really passionate about. And, you know, doing social work, I got into the nonprofit world and started helping plan gala events. And I think that's kind of what sparked, ooh, we love events. We love creating and producing things and logistics. I'm a very logistical person. So that kind of helped shape that love for events and getting kind of like, you know, dipping my toes in there. Yeah. So then it kind of was like, ah. And then all my friends started getting married, like the (laughs) Kansas way. Everyone's 24, 25, whatever, engaged. And I'm helping everyone get married, plan it. I like to say 27 dresses is my life. I have so many bridesmaids dresses sitting in my closet of horrific colors. And I was like, wedding planning. Hi, everyone's always going to be getting married. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's see what this is about. There wasn't really schooling for it. So it was kind of something that I just had to learn on my own. And I've always been big on networking, like talking to people. So I just started reaching out to people, honestly, that I followed on like social media or if I research on Google and was like, hey, like, can I talk to you about this? I want to learn more. Okay. Event planning is, again, a female-driven industry. What was your experience when you were reaching out to people, like literally random people you don't know, being like, can I chat with you? Can you tell me? I have questions. I'm obsessed suddenly. Can you... Yeah you know, give me feedback. Do, what was the response you got? People you know? were very warm about it. Honestly, like, I was like, Hey, like, can I take you for a cup of coffee and just talk to you about it? Can I ever just like, help you on an event? See what it's like. Mm. And people were, were very open, open to it Amazing. and very helpful. And like, Hey, like, yeah, come through, like, here's a date. Would love your help. Or, you know, this is kind of what the industry is like in Kansas. Here's the networking events to go to that can help you meet people. Mm. So it's really all about who you know. Yeah. This industry. And so everyone was like really happy to like invite you into the crew and help you and tell you what address to show up to. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, yeah. you know, I mean, everyone has their clicks, I feel yeah. like in every industry, but for the most part, it was pretty open. And I just kind of started again making things up myself. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to take events on myself and learn it as I go. It's really an industry that you can't, there's no manual for it. Yeah. There's so many scenarios that can happen. You can't predict everything. So you really just have to learn on site. Well, you sort of led into it, but like, tell me about like the first sort of job you booked for yourself. Because it kind of sounds like you just like made up a, I mean, this is how we all do it. We make up a random business and say, I have a company. Welcome. I can do so-and-so for you. I got an EIN. Woo, we're business. Like very, you know, like very unofficial, but like we have a tax pin. So therefore, welcome to my business. Yeah. Slap a logo on it. Yeah. Great. We're done. Here here. we are. (laughs) That's essentially what I did. And it worked. It worked. You know, it wasn't super profitable right away. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was charging nothing just to Mm. like get the experience. And it's so funny to think about it now, like looking back and my first client and like what that event consisted of and what I charged. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah. And of course there were like people I knew in high school. I was like, fuck me. Like we know each other. And yeah. And I think it's hard. Like the first one, I feel like you got to do for anything, like for free, you got to do the first one because there's no solution to great. Do you have any references? No, no. My dad. <laughs> like Nothing. I've literally yeah. never done this. You should trust me with your wedding. Right, right. Just the most important day of your life. Like, Hand it over. You're spending thousands of dollars. I got you. Yeah. Also, I have no proof I got you. Yeah, I don't even know if I got you, but yeah. I'm going to tell you I got yeah. you. <laughs> so like, I feel like that first job, you just have to take it. Like if they say I will pay you zero dollars, you should be like, thank you. Oh, I would have been like, yeah. can I actually tip you? Yeah, right. Yeah, I like, what do I have to do to get this job? 100%. And 
you know, so I was grateful for it. Yeah. And of course, the first one, it went well. But of course, there was one like disastrous moment where I was like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing? You're And now you're going to tell me about the disastrous moment. Of course moment. I am. Of course. <laughs> so it's a wedding full of firefighters, mind you. Okay. And the bride was a little DIY. I was like, okay, here are these taper candles. They're going to fit perfectly in these holders. And I was like, okay, cool. Get on site. They don't fit well. So they're like <laughs> leaning on glass. I'm oh, like, God. I don't know any better. I'm like. It's all good. Like on the head table. Oh, no. Oh, no. Cocktail oh, hour no. is happening. People are mingling. And all of a sudden, it sounds like gunshots are going off. Like, shh, boom, boom. Glass is shattering everywhere. All over the head table. Thank God no one was around. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, no. And all these firefighters just run up. And they're like, okay, we got to make sure there's not a fire. And I just looked like an idiot. And we had to reset the whole table. Like, everyone's watching. And I'm just like peeking through my eyes like, like so I'm like, embarrassed but also oh. terrified at the same time terrified I'm like okay how do we fix this my first wedding like I don't know and I set it on fire and I'm yeah I was like I'm about to set this on fire like I guess thank god it's with firefighters but I look <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> yeah was there a conversation after the wedding between you and the bride where she was like uh you almost set my thing on fire or was she like I was drunk I didn't even know the difference oh they were shit-faced they yeah. were like she didn't even know that. the difference. Yeah, she was, I don't even know if she was in the room. Yeah, they were so beyond drunk. Like, they were drunk at yeah, like 2 p.m. Like, that day. They didn't know any better. And no. You were having a panic attack. and Oh, they, meanwhile, I'm like trying to fight back tears. I'm like, okay, you're a boss bitch. You're a boss like, bitch. You can do this. You've got this. Do I got this? Yeah. Like, I don't got this. Yeah. I literally set the wedding on fire. I just want to go home. <laughs> yeah. Can I go home now? Right. Okay, so first wedding was great because you had a first. Not yeah. great that you set it on fire. Okay, it didn't get caught on fire, but we're going to say it was a close call, all right? It was a yeah. close call, yeah. but also maybe just it was close because the guests happened to know what to do when there might have been a fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that may have been why it was only a close call. Right, right. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So you kind of make this little business for yourself. You're starting out. You're like, I'm going to build this thing. Are you in a relationship at this point? I am. Yeah. And okay. at the same time, I'm still kind of like trying to hustle on the side because, of course, I can't You survive. have no money. No, yeah. I, I'm... Yeah, making pennies off my yeah. weddings at this point. So I have a full-time job at the okay. same time, just sitting in an office doing like something office I don't work. like. Yeah, yeah, just like kind of data entry shit. Like it's not my thing, but it's what I had to do. Yeah, it paid and the bills. Yeah, I'm in a relationship at this time. I'm kind of like, doesn't really get what I'm doing. You know, I was like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you starting a business? Wasn't the most supportive. Okay. Um, And then, you know, I'm like, I really believe in this. Like, I'm going to keep going with it. You know, end up getting a different full-time job as an event manager with a big beer brand, I will oh, say, okay. company. Yeah. And that's leaning more into event management side. Yeah. So I'm starting to get more different types and of events. And it's like corporate events. It's corporate, yeah. So, you know, I'm getting, again, just a feel for things. Still keeping weddings on the side. But at this point, I'm only doing like maybe a handful a year, okay. you know. And it yeah. was hard. And then I end up getting fired from that event management job. And that threw me for a loop. I, again, felt like a failure. I was like, yeah. how am I getting fired from a job? I've never been fired before. Pride myself on being an overachiever. And I just felt so lost. Did you get fired for like a specific reason? Did you get fired because like a bunch of people got fired? Did you get fired because, I don't know, like management changed? Like what was yeah. the circumstance? It was a combination. It was a combination of them downsizing mm. how many people they needed to run each state and a combination of I'm not like the best at managing like a handful of 21 year olds. Mm -hmm. It was very hard to staff people that were just flaky, you know, yeah, it was just like a part time job for them. They're like, I don't, don't want to like come, come there Friday. I want to go party instead. 
And then that's on you. That's on me. And or they were supposed to be at events and wouldn't show up. And that's on you. Yeah. Here I am managing like 100 plus people. I can't keep track of everyone. I can't go to every event. Yeah. So combination of stuff. So that was rough. And I just got really depressed. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Like, I don't know. Like, can I even do events? And it just. It made you question everything. A hundred percent. And here I am. I was 27 at the time. And again, all my friends are thriving. Mm. They're like summer on second homes. You know, they're pregnant. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I think I'm moving back in with my dad for like a few months. Like, figure this out. Like, hey, everyone. Yeah. And my boyfriend at the time just like didn't get it. And he's like well, you got to get out there and like do something, like just get some sort of job. Mm. And I, again, didn't want to settle. I was like, I'm sure I could go get something like data entry again, but I hated that. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get something that, you know, is not long-term for me. Like, what is the point? Like, I want to wait till something feels really right. And I want to invest in like this, you know, event planning. I really want to do this. This is what I want. Yeah, that's what Mm -hmm. I want to do. So I get fired. I'm already kind of fed up feeling like, hey, like I don't, know if living here is for really me anymore it just doesn't feel like home I'm just on a we're both like on these trains and all of my friends are going down one track and I want to go down the other I'm shifting from the checklist I don't want to get married right now I don't want to buy a home I want to live my life focus on my career be in a more fast-paced environment so then fast forward pause before we fast forward when you were in Kansas this was all going on were you like where were you living like it was a suburb it was a farm it was Like a a city, like what, what is your environment compared to now, obviously Chicago? Yeah. So it's suburb. Okay. It's like the suburbs of like Kansas city. So very neighborhoody, not rural, not rural, but like normal suburb life, normal. Yeah. Normal suburb life is what I'll say. I mean, the quote unquote city is like 15 minutes away, but like compared to here, it's very tiny little city. Yeah. yeah, Of course. It's like a couple blocks. Would, Would you say that like your friends or like people you grew up with were those people of your age living in this quote unquote city or were they also living in the suburbs? They're in the suburbs. So everyone is generally living in the suburbs. This is like where you go when you are, I guess, done with school. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. You find your suburb that you want to live in. You pretty much go back to where you grew up. Yeah. And you buy a home out there. And you buy a home. And you've made it. Right. Quote, unquote, you've made it. You've, quote, unquote, made it. Yeah. Okay. So I understand. So you're sitting in the suburb and you're like, I'm watching everybody get these houses. I'm watching Mm -hmm. everybody sort of start this like white picket fence life. Yeah. And you're like, what? what, Why am I here? Yeah. I'm like, I... How many like careers am I going to throw up in the air? Right. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this this isn't it. You know, my relationship wasn't great. I had a friend that lived here in Chicago that I would visit for a few Mm. years and the city was growing on me. But it never felt like the right time to move because, again, like the time I had a job and then I had this boyfriend. So I'm like, well, I can't leave. And then, you know, got fired from the job. Boyfriend pretty much sucked. I was like, just threw my hands up in the air one day. Like, honestly, I think it was the day after Thanksgiving. And I was like, I've had enough. I'm over it. I'm moving. I'm done. I I, I literally was like, I'm done. And I got on apartment search the next day Mm. and found some roommates on Craigslist. (laughs) Amazing. Out here. And I was like, Dad, I'm moving to Chicago. I found some roommates on Craigslist yeah. and he's like, excuse you? Like, <laughs> he's like, that seems safe. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, uh, I don't think so. I'm like, I'm doing it. This is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And then like three months later, we drove a U-Haul up to Chicago. Mm. Do you feel like your boyfriend at the time was on the track with everyone else? I think so. He was also just very selfish and very career focused. He yeah. was a doctor. So he was kind of all about himself. And like, There's not room in those relationships no. for another person looking for the career. 
Exactly. He didn't understand why yeah. I didn't get what I was trying to do. Right. He couldn't right. understand it and couldn't understand being creative and like following your passion and yeah, just like yeah, yeah. taking the sleep of faith. Yeah. It's like, no. They're in their own sort of like yeah. disastrous spiral of right. their own trying to survive. Right. Got it. Okay. So we move to Chicago. Was dad like, what on earth is happening? He was nervous, but he knew like he knew it, it wasn't good right. For me. Yeah. He knew. Yeah. He was like, I think this will be good for you. Yeah. Like you are whatever's not... happening there is not right. So we have yeah. to try something else. Right. He's like, this is not yeah. serving you. Yeah. Like you need this environment. And if you hate it, you, you can home. always come home. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you can always come back. You're not tied there. And I got a lease. Like I shared this lease with these people for like eight months. So I was like, okay, see how it goes for eight months. Yeah. I can either extend it, get my own place or move back. Yeah. And yeah. Did, uh, did you make any friends out of these Craigslist people? I still talk to one. Um, we were actually just in a group text last That's night really about funny. The Bachelor. Yeah, she's a homie. And they were great. We had a little bit of a different lifestyle, but yeah. for the most part, it was great. Um, different lifestyle. Different lifestyle. I mean, I like to party, but yeah. they like to party. And here I am, uh, like, trying to go do events on the weekends that are 12-hour days at 8 a.m. Yeah. And they're going to bed at, like, 5 a.m. I'm just sitting there in my bed, like, wide awake, like, please shut up. I see. Yeah. We were on uh, different times of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were still like 23 year old you and you were trying to be something else. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. So I always like wonder about people who meet people on Craigslist. I know they didn't rob me. Yeah. So that's positive. So that's a real positive. I I take that as a win. Yeah. I agree. I knew a girl once who found her roommate on Craigslist. And now in retrospect, it all makes sense. But at the time, we were all quite shocked by this. And generally what happened after that was shock. There's just so many things that were shocking about all of it. And yet I think that like if I randomly showed up to like some new city and was like, I need a room. I think I would literally probably go on like a Facebook group that I'm in of some kind, like maybe like an influencer, like a lot of them will have like you know, Facebook groups for their followers or whatever. And then those Facebook groups actually are like quite useful because then everybody who follows that person generally at least has some kind of similar interest. Like I would go there too, you know? So I guess Craigslist isn't that far off. No. Just sounds crazy. Trust me. I am the last person that would have thought I'd end up on Craigslist (laughs) finding roommates. It still is shocking to me. And And that that was the level you were pushed to. It was, it was. It was like, I just need to move here and like, hi, I'm new. Show me around. I need friends. I need friends. (laughs) I need friends. Okay. So you get to Chicago. What year is this? This is 2018. So I move here with my dog, my savings, literally only the furniture from my bedroom and my clothes. That's it. No job. No, nothing. I was like, we're just going to figure it out. Okay. And what happens next? A month goes by and I finally get an interview for somewhere. Okay. And it's for a flower company out here. And they're like, yeah, like we'll take you on as a contract worker. And I started working with them. And it really helped me get my hand into events out here and mm. weddings. So I was doing a bunch of like floral design and wedding installs. So I'm going all over the city, getting to know people in venues, which is great. Same time, it was only contract work. So it's mm. not... Like full time and I'm getting hit in the face with the cost of Chicago. Right. It's definitely different from Kansas, okay? Where my rent for one bedroom was like seven fifty. I know, right? My rent has never been seven fifty, even in the studio where my bookboard touched my kitchen countertop. Oh, okay. Even in that size of a studio, I still paid more than seven eighty. Or whatever the hell you said that is not realistic. Yeah, yeah. So this was a shock to my system. So I'm just like Hustling as much as I can that year with all these random ass like side jobs. Okay. Tell me, tell me side jobs. This is going to be good. Girl, I was. Tell um, me funny things you did. I was a beer girl. You could see me like slinging beers around at some of the places. (laughs) I was a brand ambassador for a barbecue company out here handing out like 
brisket and being like, try this sauce. Uh, at Costco? Girl, wherever they'd have me. <laughs> wherever <laughs> they'd, they'd send you, me. you'd be like, me and my barbecue. I learned that the grocery stores out here turn up on Friday nights. I'd be like, and barbecue? <laughs> they you do know? turn up. Yeah. And people like the free samples. Oh. It's a big deal. Yeah. There's like a whole crew of people that go to Costco on Saturdays only because of free samples. Like I they have their lunch girl. at was, Costco. Yeah. I was a sample girl. You were a sample girl. I got was. It. Okay. Yep. What else do you do? <laughs> oh my gosh. I would just do the most random odd end jobs. Like for the holidays, I, I helped do like Christmas decor around apartments out here for like a flower <laughs> company. My hands were covered in glitter and like just so dry for months. Oh. Just putting together all these like, like, you know, ornaments. Bundles and, of stuff. Yeah. 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 So I did that. I. I literally did anything that you could find anything to like afford the rent so here I am working like three to four jobs you know like just temp to trying to like coordinate your life yeah just trying to survive and you know meanwhile doing events on the side or trying to get out here and do it just because I knew that's what I wanted to do and this is what I had to do to get there afford it to like get there to like yeah. meet people and yeah Try so I didn't yeah. really know anyone in the industry out here but I knew I wanted to be a part of this events industry because it was more of my style than Kansas, honestly. If I saw another mason jar, I was going to vomit. I was going to throw up. Yeah. I was like, no more barns. I hate rusted. It's not my thing. Yeah. You didn't want a mason jar with twine and a, and a candle inside? You were done? You just brought back some triggering images for me that I'm not ready to Also, face. aren't there those like <laughs> white wildflowers? Yeah, I know. I'm sure Is I that- have wedding photos with that from it's- past... Kansas clients. Yeah. That's Kansas. Those like wood rounds is like yeah. the base. Yeah. No. And me. Okay. Got it. So, anyways, anyways. <laughs> so events out here were, you know, more my style and okay. aesthetic. So eventually like at the end of 2018, I get paired with a planner who okay. actually was a social worker and then started her own company. Right. What are the odds? What are the odds? So I was like, Hey girl, like we come from the same yeah. background. We just had the same beliefs and you know, cause they're very overlapping fields as weird as it sounds. Explain that. I mean, I'm doing family crisis management all the time for weddings, okay? Fair. I can't tell you how many grooms, moms I've had to, like, help. Walk and, off like, a ledge. Yeah, walk off a ledge. There yeah. should be, like, <laughs> you know, like, you have, like, the price for, you know, planning the wedding. And then there's, like, a la carte items. We will help groom's mother with detachment issues. We oh, will help. Letting go. And just make, yeah. like, an a la carte menu of social work items that you can yeah. also help with on wedding day. I need to, like, screen moms at my consultation calls and be like, oh, I'm charging you extra because yeah. I hear how your mom's going to be. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. Your mother uh, fit into the category of overbearing. Um, that yep. is an extra $300 charge. Right, right. Oh, she's going to be over my shoulder all night? Great. We're going to also we have, have a, a surcharge clean- for this. Surcharge and a cleaning fee for my outfit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have a surcharge for that. <laughs> But it just, you know, it really overlapped. And we had the same beliefs also and values of how we wanted to treat our clients mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, I like to be an advocate for my clients. That's also my job yeah. is to advocate for them in different situations. And you're also the, their therapist, yeah. essentially. There's so many breakdowns. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, you know, it Fair. definitely overlaps. Fair. But I just started with assisting her at the end of 18. And she's like, okay, let's circle back and see if it's a fit. Wait, pause. Where did you find her or where did she find you or somebody introduced you? Someone introduced us. Someone at the flower company I was working for, they knew that planning was the end goal. Yeah. The loveliest human. She was like, I have the perfect person for you. You guys are both social workers. She's a very small boutique company and she's just looking for She's starting out. Yeah. Well, she's she's been around for a while. Oh, she's been around. Yeah. Okay. She just started needing more More help. help. Her business was starting to really grow. I see. An upward trajectory where she was like, I now need more people on my team. And it was a really good fit. And then in 2019, I started taking on my own weddings. Mm-hmm. Still not, you know, 
taken on a ton, but it's something. Yeah. And that was Clover Events. Yeah, where that's, you are now. yeah, that's where I'm at now, Clover Events. And it was just really great. And then I finally was like, ooh, 2020 is my year. I've got a really full year. <laughs> I'm at my dream venues. And then COVID hits. Mm-hmm. And I went from so many weddings to like two. And they mm-hmm. ended up not being at the dream venues right. anymore. Like we're in backyards and it's everyone's just yeah. trying to like get through this disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, all right. I guess we're gonna have to rethink some of this. And also, like, you're a salaried employee at this point? Or no, I'm not still, really, right? I'm part time at this point and yeah. I'm still hustling, you know? For okay, a few so you're years. doing like all these other side jobs. Yeah. COVID starts, you're like trying to still keep bills going and get yeah. life organized. Okay. Well, and it sucked at the beginning of COVID because, you know, I'm doing the side jobs all in person, like giving samples. Yeah. Beer. I can't be giving you out can't. food anymore. I can't go in person yeah. to any of these places. So all of that shut down. And I had to really rethink things. And my boss is amazing. She's like, we're going to get you through this. I'm going to give you, you know, different kind of roles yeah. within our company to make sure that you can pay your bills, which was incredible. And she was great. And then, you know, towards the end of the year, I mean, I started booking out for 2021 plus my postponements and I ended up with a full booked out year. For 2021. Yeah, for this year. And then eventually we got to this year and she was like, you're officially full-time. What you're earning now, like I can't call you part-time anymore. Yeah, how many hours you're putting in. Like, yeah, you're, you're a doing, full-time employee yeah, at this point. Like, you're full-time. So it was a big deal for her and for me. I was her first full like salary employee. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I've made it. We don't have to live check to check. So yeah. it was. It's over. It's this, over. Right. This shit show is over. This shit show of just a journey, which has been mm. a good journey. Yeah. But, you know, it took a long time to get here again. Like, I'm definitely not where some of my friends are, but I finally feel like I've made it. I always think back to like what my toughest moments are and what I felt in those moments. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in that great place, you're like, OK, I finally fixed or like plugged that hole. Yeah. Like that, that terrible moment, like your boyfriend sucks. They fire you. You're like, I hate everything. Why am I in this stupid city? Why am I in this stupid state? Nobody understands. Like all of that suddenly feels like there was a reason because now we're here. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Oh my gosh. And if I could see my ex-boyfriend now, I'd say, look, bitch, she made it. Told you. time. Hey, took me a few years, but we got here. Just on you. Like told you. Yeah. Told you. Mm -hmm. And and I always knew I was going to make it. It was just going to take. A little, yeah, take time. And I was willing to invest in it, you know? And I think a lot of people have supported me along the way, which is great. And some people have been like, okay, like, you don't hit it by this point. Like, do you have a backup plan? Mm. I was like, I mean, yes, but no. Like, Like, this is But also maybe that's not your business. Yeah. Yeah. It's also not your business, you know? Like, how about you just support me and there's not like a caveat to it? Right. I support you until your 30th birthday and then it's game over. Or (laughs) I support you until so-and-so and then- We've got to now be an adult. Right. Like, why can't this be my version of adult? But your opinion's out of here, please. Get the hell out. Literally. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> okay, so you are now a full-time event planner. Woohoo! Woo! We made it. Tell me, like, mm. last year's or this upcoming year's, like, wedding that you were most excited about or that you will become, you know, like, in the future that you yeah. know about, you're already planning, that you're super excited about something unique. Tell me, like, the fun amazing parts of this. Yeah. I think I get really excited when I have clients that are like, I trust you. You know, that's the best feeling. They're like, do whatever you want. So I had, I've gotten into event design more this year. So that's like designing the whole events, like what they look like aesthetically, like who the vendor team is. And it's kind of like all of my idea, which is great within like a few inputs, you know, from the client, of course. 
So I got to design like these beautifully like elegant events leading up to this client's wedding. She's like, I want you to do the bridal shower and the rehearsal dinner and I want them to be completely opposite styles. Oh. I was like, well, this is a fun challenge. Yeah. So I got to do just two completely different designs and budget wasn't a problem Mm -hmm. and we love to hear that. So I got to design these incredible events that I normally wouldn't get to do, which is great. I've got a dream venue next year, which I'm excited about. The old Mm. post office. Yeah. Oh my God, that's going to be so cool. I've got a large like black tie wedding there next October with just a killer team. Just like an incredible band and just very aesthetic. You can let them know if there's just like any people that needed a date perhaps. I am actually a professional date. Okay. Uh, I do really well, but it's like a one night only sort of situation. So, you know, if somebody's got a brother and they're like, oh, he's always just like so unorganized and just like can never figure it. You're available. I'm available. available. You'd photograph really well too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm available and I'm only available for like dream venues. Yeah. Noted. 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 So like post office would be acceptable. I feel as though I should maybe, you know, explain this to you. Yeah. Yeah. So dream venue, black type type experience. Like I'm always down for a ball gown. Okay. So you just... You know, you keep that in the back of your mind if, you know, the yeah. bride comes and she's like, yo, I have this brother-in-law and he's just... I think this is a great a la carte option, okay, for my... Uh, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. It's great for my service list. Yeah. I'll just add your picture in there and say That's it's right. available as a as, wedding date. As a wedding, wedding date, date. Yeah. a la carte. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Must be black tie and at the right venue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of caveats there. Yeah. She, she won't just show up for no good reason. Right. I think there's a business here. I think there's something going on there. I also think I stole this from a movie. <laughs> If it's not a movie, it should be like it a is, Netflix it's, movie. It's, isn't it my brother's wedding or my, it's like some oh. old 90s movie where he brings some random girl. Uh, I, I feel like that's like a few movies. Uh, I might be combining seven movies yeah. and deciding it's my life. <laughs> it's not unusual. Yeah. It's also like a little bit of Wedding Crashers mixed into there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be like a whole little combination. Yeah, but things. all of heart, like at the end of, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, at the bottom, like. Yeah. Overbearing mother plus 300. <laughs> yeah. Need date for a random brother who can't get life together plus 500. Yes, yes, And my yes. photo. Like, we can we can figure this we out. We can work this okay, out. great. Love it. I feel great about this. Okay, so post office is awesome. Yeah. Tell excited. me the most unique place you've had a wedding. There is a really cool venue out here called Artifact Events. Yes. Do you know that one? Yeah, but on accident. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I want to know why it's on accident, but... It's fun. So it is this beautiful venue that actually has an antique store at the top, or they used to. Yeah. They actually just got rid of it this oh. year, which is very sad. But you could go up there, and there were just all these, like, big antiques from all over that just kind of lived there. And they still have some pieces, so it's kind of naturally built-in decor. Cool. Yeah. That's a really cool spot. I think that one's very unique. We definitely had to get crafty after last year. Mm. Definitely have done a lot of private residences. I was just going to yeah. say, like, has anyone ever been like, all right, I have a realtor friend and they know this, like, mansion that's for sale and no one's living in it. Can we, like, rent it for God knows how much money and have a wedding here? No, but I feel like that's another business idea we should talk about offline because that could be fun. Oh, I've, like, literally <laughs> thought about that, like, my whole that's life. That's genius. No, but have yeah. I had people say, hey, I'm going to have 90 people at our private residence wedding and it can actually really only hold 50, but I need you to figure that out. Of course we have. Oh, that one's always how fun. funny. It was actually turned out really well, and we had a dance party in the driveway. But oh, yeah. that's really cute. That was actually really cute. That's really cute. But you got to create miracles sometimes. Any like cool rooftop stuff? Um, I feel like Chicago summer rooftop is like a thing. It's so prime. Yeah. I mean, Baleo is a really good one. That's a fun rooftop. Mm. Morgan's on Fulton is new. That has a retractable roof too, oh, so you can kind of decide yeah. weather dependent. 
so beautiful. Lots of, I mean, Lots I'm assuming way more venues than uh, the farms in Kansas. Girl, after I moved, I think we now have like three or five rooftops in general in the whole city. <laughs> They're really on their come up. <laughs> They're on their come up. When you started doing weddings here, did you like tell everyone at Clover, you're like, so listen, I've actually hit my quota for like barn farm things. So we're going to need someone else on the team to take those. I've met, I've actually met my lifetime yeah. quota. <laughs> my lifetime quota. Yeah. Um, you guys haven't, not my problem. Right. I need you guys to take these over. It's so funny. My first year out here, I got nothing but suburb weddings. And I was like, I'm not even from here. And I don't even know where these suburbs yeah. <laughs> are. I'm at the most random venues. I'm trying to get this rooftop venues yeah. in the city. Yeah. And here I am like, okay, I'm driving 45 minutes. At some like random where. pavilion. Yeah. Place. And I'm saying yes. And my boss is like, you know where that is, right? Like what this is. I'm like, no, I'm no. just happy to book something. She's like, okay. <laughs> so, oh wait, that that's interesting. I don't think I knew that. So are you booking your own weddings? Or are they like leads coming to the company and then being distributed to the planners? Both. So, you know, at first, I didn't have any connections out yeah. here. So all of them are coming through, you know, the company, the to, company to me. Yeah, a lead. To uh, yeah. And now that I've got my foot in the door and, you know, I'm starting to make friends with vendors and they like my work. A lot of leads are coming from them, like referrals straight from them. Oh, which so is they're, great. they're like business referrals. So it's not yeah. like, I mean, I'm sure like everyone else, like, you know, somebody's girlfriend needs a wedding planner and you did great for her. So therefore, but yeah, it's actually like corporate referrals like the venues or the flower Mm -hmm. people or whoever else is referring you yeah I mean I've gotten on people's preferred list which is great and I think you know again tying back to social work I think my approach in the way that I work with people is a very team forward Mm -hmm. aspect and we're all here to succeed and people love that because planners get a lot of bad reps for just being honestly kind of like bitchy yeah like bitchy bitchy and and and, yeah, yeah suck up and that's just not how I operate I'm very calm on the day I'm like Let's have some fun with it. Like, you'll see me next to the DJ booth. You know I dance, no matter what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm dancing, like, right there on the sidelines, hyping everyone up. It Yeah, it's not, like, this another movie reference that I'm going to mess up. In fact, I literally cannot make a movie reference to save my life. I also never know what actor plays in any movie. I'm pretty sure J-Lo was in it. She was called... The Wedding Planner? Yeah, it's like, you're not that. No, if you... Oh, my God. Put me down if you ever see me with, like, a walkie-talkie in my ear. Yeah. That is not me. That's not what we're doing. There's no, no, like, walkie-talkie. We're not, like, escorting people into different corners to, like, keep a fight. Like... No. I mean, I usually am kind of, like, trotting really quick with heels, but that's just my own thing, because I have to run from one place to the next. That's right. Yeah. But it's not, like, this, like, stuck-up... No. Yeah, you're just... You're... You know me. Yeah. This is now... Might be, like, the fucking slogan of this podcast but just be a normal fucking person a normal fucking person just realize we're all human yeah things are gonna happen i'm not gonna panic if like you brought me a square cake instead of a round cake like what the fuck am i supposed to do yeah you're like, not gonna go make a whole new cake in an hour you're not gonna cut the corners off this no thing, so it is what it is like we're gonna roll with it i'm not mad yeah if the client doesn't care it's cool yeah so problem solve where you need to and everything else is like well exactly human. sucks yeah. happened at the end of the day mm-hmm. yeah what is really the right. priority it's yeah them getting married and making sure they're taken care yeah. of not not the fucking corner shape of the cake yeah. yeah fair enough and i i do think it's hard for some people to like get beyond the detail to understand yeah. the big picture versus mm-hmm. like it's a people thing you've got to just understand what will make the people of that day yeah have the moment and the experience they wanted to have exactly how do they feel that yeah. day mm-hmm. yeah yeah Okay, my last question. It doesn't really apply, but I think it kind of applies. Okay, you can see. 
you really only worked like in an office setting once. We're going to count your That's wedding enough. planning, not yeah. office setting. So like this terrible data entry type office sure. setting. Yeah. But you do send a lot of emails and work with a lot of people and sure. try to coordinate a lot of things. When you think of the cheeky little name of this podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what is the first thing that pops into your head? I just think this is very woman forward and empowering podcast. Yeah. You know, it just makes me think about a woman in her field trying to be successful and make a name for herself and the struggles that she sometimes faces with male counterparts or trying to be perceived as, you know, someone like trying to come up or, you know, empowering. So I think you brought something up. You haven't brought it up yet. So now I'm going okay. to poke. Bring it get, up. Poke yeah, it. Poke I'm going to poke to get the answer I want. You work in a very female dominated industry you sort of always have it seems like right even if like in your temp jobs right if it was like service stuff that's also yeah female you know driven do you have a hard time with being taken seriously or like if you you know go on a date now with somebody and you're like oh I plan weddings like what is the response you get and like how does that tie into this like cheekiness of per my last email oh my gosh when I tell guys I'm going on dates with like yeah I'm a wedding planner I think they think oh that's cute like she's Mm -hmm. just like putting little parties together and She's just showing up on the weekends and wearing a nice dress and basically attending parties. Yeah. They think, oh, like you're getting drunk at these things. Mm-hmm. No, like that's not it. And there's so many hours that go yeah. into it. So many logistics. I have to think of every single scenario. Yeah. You know, I am responsible for this you, whole day. You're literally juggling 80,000 balls and they all yeah. have to stay in the air at the exact same time versus right. I went to a party tonight. Right. Yeah. I actually have guys say, oh, so what do you do every day? You know, do you actually stay busy yes like it's not again it's not just Um, no I'm just um buying shoes daily so that I have a new pair of shoes to wear at every wedding no I do buy shoes a lot that's fair me too but that's late night purchases yes yes, yes. that's not 24 hours (laughs) like you're putting all these sort of logistical things together so that on the day of Mm -hmm. they are all yeah working together I'm wearing so many different hats Hats, just to produce you know a A cohesive cohesive major event yeah I'm making sure that everyone's doing their job on top of me doing my own job, you know? So I think guys just don't take it as seriously. Or on the other hand, they find it very intimidating. And Mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about my job. It comes up a lot and it dominates a lot of my time. So I'm like, I can go out with you like in a week and a half from now on a Monday at six to like eight. Does that work for you? (laughs) Like, excuse me? (laughs) They're like uh, Friday and you're like, no, no, Uh -uh. sir. No, no, no. No, sir. I don't do Friday, Saturdays. I'm busy those days. Honestly. And if I have a free Friday and Saturday, it's it's not not. going to you. You've got to wait until you've made it that next step to get my weekend time. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. But I mean, that's a good point. It's like, it is hard. It's like either... There's like intimidation or Mm -hmm. like it's like annoying male ego situation that gets like very complicated and like we want to support it, but also like why does supporting it mean I have to like die mine down and right you you get all of this like kind of confusing energy yeah or it's like what you're doing is cute but like they think it's a hobby they think it's yeah a hobby and you're like no 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 I am busy yes this is this is real right have a real career right I'm not just like. Picking flowers all day. Yeah. not Yeah. That's not it. It's way mm. more than that. All right. So outside of your own version of the cheekiness, so since you have it too, it's just a little different. Do you think you would ever live anywhere else? I know for sure I won't go back to Kansas. Uh-huh. That's one thing I know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell. <laughs> I love Chicago. Mm. I know I'm going to be here for a while. I feel like, again, I've just really got my roots settled yeah. and just started getting really well into my career. Yeah. The only other place I could see myself going is maybe more like West Coast. Mm. I could see. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the events out there. Yeah, I think of they're 
very luxurious and beautiful. And who doesn't love warm weather? Yeah. But we'll see. Huh. Who knows where the wind will take me? Who knows? Me. Not back to Kansas, but... <laughs> Your red slippers don't click back to uh, Kansas. Uh, no, they're not going to click back anytime soon. <laughs> we like click and nothing <laughs> happens. I'm like, I'm literally doing it if with you my can hands see and us it's right not now, going. We're clicking. <laughs> we're clicking and it's not taking us to Kansas. I'm okay oh, with God. that. That's yeah. very funny. Thanks so much for doing this. I know. This was great. See, it, it was wasn't scary. <laughs> I was so nervous. See, no, I told you. I was like, just turns into a conversation. It's not scary. It does. Yeah. Thanks for listening to my journey. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a ride. But I'm like here. so happy to have heard it and, know. you know, have absorbed it. And now we can share it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or I thoroughly annoyed you enough that you feel like you have to come back for more, please go subscribe, rate us, send a review, and share us on social. You sharing us means all of our struggles don't have to be in silence anymore. And it means we all have a voice. Most importantly, it means I get to keep making episodes. So please go share. 